On the line for our weekly chat is Peter Goff Wood for a pinch of salt. Good morning, Peter. Hey, Vanessa, how's it going? I'm proud to be listening. Yeah, it's going well. I must just, before you get chatting about food, okay, it, you showed on social media, you showed this incredible um, meat cleaver. And yes. I was suddenly reminded that chefs and everybody that loves, they, they fa- you're fascinated by knives. That's quite eerie. <laughs> Well, it is one of those, it's, it's, it's a, you know, a good tool in the kitchen will last your lifetime if you look after it. Absolutely. I have an obsession with cleavers. No, definitely. So oh, with, you, oh, with cleavers. Well, specifically, specifically with uh, Okay, Peter, I'm going to ask you. I think maybe we need to go off the off the uh, earphones and go to the phone. Rather, there's a it's got a click on it. So I'm going to give you a moment there. We tried it and it's it's not working. Sadly. You you're good there. Okay. Pieces, we tried something and it's... it's Is that better? That, oh, there no, we go. No, no. Now I can hear you. So just okay. to get back for, for people that didn't hear, that you posted a picture of this brand new meat cleaver that you bought on your social media, on Facebook and I think on Instagram as well. And I urge people to please go and check out um, your Facebook page and your Instagram pages. And uh, I said that it suddenly it made me realize that uh, people that are chefs or people that are involved with food were fascinated by knives, which is actually quite eerie. I've never thought about that. Well, it's the tool of the trade, you know, and, and it's, it's a good knife is a, is a thing of beauty. And uh, a knifesmith by the name of Bruce, Bruce Wright, uh, whose details are also on Facebook, made that cleaver for me. It took about six to eight weeks, and he, it's an absolute thing of beauty. And I think that's the thing about knives in the kitchen is if you spend the money up front for a decent, well-made blade, mm-hmm. you look after it and keep it sharp, it'll last you a lifetime. It will. And, and I've got knives that in my collection, <laughs> that sounds so weird, knives that have lasted me more than 30 years and they're still going strong. And, uh, so, and I remember that I was taught that a blunt knife, a blunt knife cuts. Yeah. Look, it's like you do more damage with a blunt knife than a sharp knife. Because if you think about it, um, you, you know, look, you might get some little nicks and bits and pieces with a sharp blade. But mm. The problem with the blunt knife is that you end up having to use more force uh-huh. to get stuff done. And when that slips and when that happens, that's when you start taking your fingers and doing serious, serious damage. Because also, you're, you're, I mean, without getting too graphic, you're tearing flesh. Mm-hmm. You're not getting a nice, thin, clean cut so it doesn't always heal very well. Um, and that's when you start doing serious damage. And then you need wine and we need good food. So I'm going to leave yes. the floor to you and um, to share your wonderful tips and a great culinary, um, gosh, yeah, just um, the, the wonderful beauty of it all. So the floor is yours. Fantastic. Thanks. Okay. So, so the first thing I noticed today, which was actually gave me great cheer, was that it's apparently it's drink Shannon Day. Uh-huh. Which, uh, not that I need an excuse to drink Shannon, but, but I'm happy that it's, that it's an official, I have to do so on a, for an official capacity. So I thought I'd make a quick list of my top five, my five favorite Shannons. Um, I, I'm not going to give too much description about them. I, um, if, well, I was going to say you can't go out and buy them, unfortunately, because of the liquor restrictions. Um, but I'll talk a little bit about those restrictions and how it's affecting restaurants a little bit later. But my list of my favorite Shenons at the moment are the Carl Everson Opstyle from the Bredekula Valley, magnificent Shenon. Um, then from Paul, you've got the Thistle and Weed, the Dable King, also gorgeous. Um, another big one is the uh, Donkeys by Stian from Ulufans River. And then no list of um, 
Shenins would be complete without Ken Forrester's FMC from Stellenbosch. So if, you're, if, you, if you have any of those in your fridge or in your wine cellar or your wine rack, today is the day to be crashing open one of those, one of those bad boys to celebrate the drink Shenin Day. So the other thing I wanted to just chat about is obviously this week it's Father's Day on Sunday. Um, and we find that, um, you know, Mother's Day in particular for restaurants is, is one of the busiest days of the year. You cannot get a table anywhere um, on Mother's Day because obviously mothers need to be fussed over and, and treated and taken out so that they, you know, not saying that mothers are, are often in the kitchen, but more often than not, they're saddled with the making of the food. And it's always a treat to take them somewhere nice for a bit of a, for a special. But it's different for fathers. Now, I say this, and I say this from the bottom of my heart. If you want to treat your dad this Father's Day, leave him alone. And I say <laughs> leave him alone. Leave him alone in front of the television. Make sure that, if you, make sure that you've got him suitably uh, cold beers or whatever his beverage of choice is. Because let me tell you, on Sunday... There is so much sport, and and if you if you love your dad, leave him be in front of the TV. There's there's the Euros football, there's uh, the second Test Proteas versus India, there's the French Grand Prix, there's the US US Open for golf fans. So, you know, let your the, the man of your life vegetate in front of the television all day long. That's exactly what he wants and what he needs. All he needs is some healthy snacks, like some nuts and some bukong, and then a nice hearty handheld that he doesn't have to go sit at the table. As much as your dad loves brying, he'd love it if you bride for him on Sunday and treated him to just a day of vegetation, snacks, and cold beverages. I think, um, I think no dad would complain about that treatment. It sounds very good. Okay. I, just, I just have to tell you, somebody sent in a picture and said they've got to toys, Kluf, Shin and Blanc. That'll have to do. Yeah, that'll do. The Twitter Cliff, nothing wrong with the Twitter Cliff. Lovely wines from the Breda Cliff Valley. In fact, I think the Breda Cliff Valley is a much underrated valley when it comes to wines. You know, they, they've always traditionally known for sort of bulk wines, wines that are, you know, um, mass produced wines. But it is one of the most beautiful valleys. I've done a lot of work there. At, um, um, and it is quite beautiful. And some of the wines that are produced there are magnificent. One of the reasons that if you compare, it's one of the great Shenin areas of South Africa. The, the, the area that probably gets the most notoriety in South Africa for Shenin is the Swartland. Mm-hmm. Now, if you consider that the Swartland gets on average about 400 mils of rain a year, whereas the, whereas the Britacliff gets about 1,100. It's one of the most hydrated air wine regions in the country. So the very, very different, very, very elegant um, Shenins, not those kind of robust uh, fruity ones, but far more along the sort of Rhone styles of elegant, long finishes. So really anything from the Brita Cliff um, um, is, is, is certainly you can get your hands on, definitely good. And the Detroit Cliff, superb value for money. Okay, so the other thing that I wanted to talk about is relating to our current lockdown situation and mm. restaurants. And it's uh, a plea to support your local restaurant wherever possible. Um, there's new restrictions that we have now of a 10 o'clock curfew, which means that restaurants have to close at 9 o'clock. Really is putting the blinkers on what is already a 
a challenged industry. Mm. Um, you know, one of the biggest problems at this time of year is, in, in particularly in the Western Cape, is the restaurant industry really slows right down. You know, it, the punters go into hibernation, and restaurants really struggle this time of year um, to keep bums on seats. And, and, you know, you have to understand, and I wonder sometimes about the government and their approach to restaurants. It, I found it interesting in our, in, our, in, our, in our family meeting, and I noticed that Cyril Rumpel says this every time. He always refers to restaurants as crowded restaurants. Mm. He always says avoid crowded restaurants. He never says crowded supermarkets. He never says crowded anything else. But it's always mm. restaurants are always prefaced, prefaced with crowded. And it paints that picture in people's minds to steer clear of restaurants. And, you know, with restaurants who now have only allowed 50%, 50, 50 people inside. Now, if you think about 50 people, that also includes staff. Sure. So if you've got, you know, a couple of cleaners, three or four chefs, and three or four waiters, all of a sudden you're down to 70, 70, uh, 40 patrons. Mm. And in order for, you know, what, what people also fail to realize is that when a shift finishes, when the restaurant closes as such, there's a good hour of cleaning and resetting and washing dishes and pots and pans and mopping floors that goes on in every establishment. So if you can't close at nine and be home by 10, you actually have to close at eight, clean for an hour, then leave. So it really is uh, making restaurants, and, and particularly some restaurants at this time of year, are only open at night. Some of the, the more upmarket restaurants don't open at lunchtime. You know, I, there's a number of restaurants that I know of now that work on, on the wineries that are only open Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Wow. And, and that has, the, the thing with that is, is it's not just about the restaurants. If you think that restaurants are running at 50% capacity, they were running at 50% capacity as it was. They now have their numbers reduced, which means we're laying off staff. Yeah. You know, the first people to feel that are not the restaurant owners, but the staff who can't get shifts. You know, if you're running a restaurant and you're only open three days a week now, at running at 50% capacity, you don't need anywhere near the waiting staff or the kitchen staff or the cleaning staff that you used to which means you're ordering less, which means your veg supply and your butcher is laying off people left, right and center because their turnover is not what it used to be. They can't justify the full complement of staff because their orders are dwindling because the restaurants are struggling. So it's... I urge people, wherever you can, and I know everyone's on tight budgets, but if you have some spare cash to spend, please go to your local family restaurant, whether it's your local pizzeria. It doesn't have to be an upmarket fine dining restaurant. The local mom-and-pop store on the corner, a little Italian place with you know, mom in the kitchen and dad on the floor are suffering just as much as the award-winning restaurants are. Mm. And I think we should be cognizant of that because we always see a myriad of restaurant closures uh, of restaurants that don't survive the winter. And I fear that this winter is going to be worse than normal. Um, you know, last year there was TERS, uh, there was TERS help to staff. This year we are now in our third lockdown and there's no support from government. There's no support for unemployed staff anymore. So um, I don't want to end on a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a depressing note, but rather on a positive one that if you can, go to restaurants. Even if it's home delivery or takeaways, it all makes a difference. Yeah. It all helps to keep people employed. It all helps to keep the restaurants going. 
I was about to say, you know, even if those restaurants, if you feel you don't want to go in, if they do takeaways, then support the takeaway side yeah. of it. So there's always yeah. an option. And um, and I've always said to people, I know if, if, if money is tight, even if it's a cup of coffee at a co- at a coffee shop, yeah. um, it's it's yeah. it's something more yeah. than what would have been spent that morning. Yes, without a doubt. You know, every little helps. Every little goes in offers. Every little helps to pay staff. Every little helps to keep the wheel the wheels rolling. And you say it's not just the restaurants, but it's the industry that supports them. Yeah, absolutely. But I quite agree with you. you you've raised a very pertinent point and um, that when we have family meetings, they always talk about crowded restaurants. You're absolutely right. No mention yeah. of nightclubs, uh, things like that. So I think let's yeah. be vigilant. And I think if you know your restaurants, if you're, if you're partial to a, a certain few and you know that they the tables are set far apart, things like that, then support yeah. them because they're doing what is yeah. needed. They come and they clean the tables in between, things like that. Uh, support them. Absolutely, yeah. 100 yeah, I mean you've got you've also got initiatives like Dine Plan, which is the online booking system that that a lot of restaurants are using these days. You know, they've got a whole application where you can you can just scan the the, the little QR code as you go into the restaurant. It takes all of your all of your details. That when I say it takes all of your details, the restaurant has got all your your contact details. If if God forbid you do get test positive. That, you know, because everyone has these contact sheets and one wonders what happens to these mm. contact sheets, who keeps them, and, and no one has ever come around to any restaurant and asked to see the contact information. Sure. I, I can tell you that much for nothing. Yeah. But at least with the, the, the dime plans and some of the other booking systems, that um, at least those records are kept if there needs to be some contract tracing. So I've got a suggestion to make for Sunday, for Father's Day. If we're going to leave Dad alone and uh, we don't, and people, you know, then order the pizza, order the meal and um, have yeah. it delivered, then everybody can stay in front of the TV. Well, how about that? <laughs> well, no, I've, got a, I've got a better suggestion. Ah, okay. I've got a, a better suggestion. The rest of the family go out for lunch. Uh-huh. Leave Dad behind. He will not, I guarantee you, he will not complain. He will have no FOMO. Um, he's going to end up paying for it anyway. Why not take the rest of the family out for lunch and leave Dad on his own with some sport and some snacks? He will love you for it. I think it's a wonderful idea, Peter. Absolutely wonderful idea. Well, fantastic. Well, that's that's me for another pinch of salt. And I look forward to chatting with you again next Friday at the same time, Vanessa. Absolutely, Peter. You stay safe and uh, have a great weekend. And I know that with you, there's going to be some great food as well and some great wine to go with it. So have a wonderful weekend. Fantastic. Thanks very much. Thanks. Bye-bye.